really strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you going to do? I have my own club. Is that going to happen every time? I think so. Hello and welcome to the season four finale of the Weekly Reel podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we will be totally immersed with the city of stars. Are you shining just for me? And Jeremy (laughs) and the Weekly Reel. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm done. That was my best uh, Ryan Gosling impression. Oh, it was crap. spot on, man. I thought Ryan Gosling all of a sudden jumped on the, onto the call. I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling, welcome to the pod. The gray man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Sebastian. Seb- yeah, it is Sebastian. It's not, what was his name in the notebook? I don't remember. Oh, shoot. I should know this. I forgot. <laughs> it's your guilty pleasure, man. I know. I, I, I totally blank. It's been a couple years since we've seen it already. Man, time flies. But, dude. Jeremy, it's crazy that we're finishing up yet another season of the Weekly Real Podcast. I know, and we're finishing it with another musical. <laughs> yes, exactly. But not only just, I mean, it's just not any ordinary uh, musical. In season two, Jeremy introduced a uh, Damien Chazelle uh, written and directed movie that I absolutely love. I think it's still my favorite movie that you've shared with me so far, Whiplash, and... You know what? This is actually the follow-up to that movie. It's not necessarily related, but we're, we are actually going to be talking today about La La Land 2016. It's a movie that I actually saw in theaters when it came out in late 2016, and Jeremy hadn't seen it yet. And so I'm definitely pumped to hear what you thought about this movie. But before we do that, let's jump right into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we've watched in the last week. And so, Jeremy, uh, let's have you kick off the ritual this week. Yeah, okay. So what I watched, I actually watched Nope in theaters nice. uh, just last night. And it was um, it was an interesting movie <laughs> for sure. I it do was. recommend people to go see it. Um it's one of those suspense thriller, not really horror, but comedies by Jordan Peele. And I feel like we do need more movies like this where it's just like one and done stories. And I love that Jordan Peele is kind of bringing these kind of these type of movies to the screen. Uh, funny enough, though, I did want to mention that they showed the Oppenheimer trailer yes. like before the movie. <laughs> uh, obviously, the movie that's Christopher Nolan's directing. But what was weird is that in the theater, they dimmed the lights. Like, they played all the trailer with the lights on. And then they dimmed the lights. And then they played this the trailer. But I thought it was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really interesting beginning of Nope. <laughs> it's like, this is crazy. And uh, until it said, from Christopher Nolan. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're still watching a trailer. Yeah. 
Well, I knew that it wasn't uh, the beginning of the movie because actually that's the movie that I also wanted to share. I wanted to share a note. Man, if we figured we maybe do an impromptu uh, quick review of the movie without giving spoilers. Obviously, Ritual is usually spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. But to add to your Oppenheimer thing uh, thought, I actually knew that it wasn't because I saw the sync copy thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this is Christopher. Is, is, I was like, dude, is this Oppenheimer? And then, yes, it was. And I was like, oh, dude, I love the teaser trailer. Like, nothing was revealed. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I love teaser trailers. What threw me off, it, it wasn't Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what oh, threw yeah. me off. I was like, oh, we yeah, know. Well, you know, I think they're still beefing yeah. over uh, Tenet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! But for me, um, I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it though. I mean, yeah, it's been getting like really good uh, scores and reviews uh, from what I've seen. I've been trying to uh, stay away from that uh, as much as possible. I think it's just a reflex because you know, obviously, for the podcast, we want to stay away from Rotten Tomato scores, especially. Um, but I still liked it. It was nice seeing Glenn on my on my on, my, on the big screen because you know we gotta show some love to our Asian brethren. Uh, but I thought it was definitely not not on the same level for me anyway as Get Out or Us. Really? Uh, what do you, What did you think? Uh, I haven't seen Get Out, <laughs> but uh, I didn't. Li- I I liked it more than Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Uh, it, both movies aren't exactly rewatchable, I don't feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it does rely on the setup and then being like uh you know surprised with reveals okay. and stuff. But now like when you know, I feel like there is a lot of setup in these movies and a lot of like slow it's very much slow burn movies. So yeah. it's like they're not really the most rewatchable, but yeah, I still really enjoyed like the process of going through it. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the original premise of the the movie. Uh, again, we won't talk de- too much details, but I do have a question for you offline mm. about p- some particular parts of the movie that we'll get into. Uh, sorry, podcast audience, I, we just don't want to spoil the movie for you. <laughs> That's like I feel like maybe we'll cover the movie in, in the future, but uh, I just have a I don't know I. I haven't done the research yet, and I, I was wondering if you knew what it was. But um, you know what? We have a lot to get to before we get to the movie. One of those things is we, you know, we like to do a little bit of episode cleanup. And last week, Jeremy, we did uh, talk about Josie the Tiger and the Fish for episode seventy-five. We did run a poll this past Tuesday. Uh, do you want to share what the poll was and what the results were? Yeah, so the poll that we ran was actually, like, what is your favorite movie featuring characters with disabilities? And we, I guess we kind of narrowed it down to, like, more recent movies, you know, kind of ones in maybe the last five years or so. Uh, some that we, or four that we mentioned was obviously Josie, the Tiger and the Fish, Coda, uh, what was the other one? The Upside. Uh, me Before, yeah, The Upside and Me Before You. And Me Before You. And so... With 37%, I'm actually not too surprised about this, uh, Coda and Josie the Tiger and the Fish tied for 37%. And I, we actually got a write-in vote, another anime movie, uh, A Silent Voice. Nice. Have you seen A Silent Voice? I have. 
honest, like it would have been the anime movie I would have showed you. I think this season, if we didn't talk about Josie. Mm, interesting. Wait, uh, when we came up with the uh, the scheduling, had you already seen a silent voice beforehand? Yeah, I've watched okay. it quite quite a while back. I see, I see. But yeah, no. It, so we got a tie, huh? Yeah, tie at thirty seven percent. I'm not. Yeah, not too surprised. Nice. Okay. Well. Out of those two, I, I feel like I enjoyed Coda a little bit more. Hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, you'll have to see why I had, I guess, a, some nitpicks with Josie the Tiger and the Fish. Just got to listen to episode 75. So it's another shameless plug <laughs> for <laughs> for the Weekly Reel podcast. Check it out. Check it out. And, you know, check out our reel also. I, I feel like the clip that we did choose for the episode is actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked it. So I, I could recommend go watch it, then go listen yeah. to our episode. Yes, yes. Have you seen Coda, by the way? I have not. Ah, I need to still hook you up with Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> we'll figure that out in the off-season. <laughs> but uh, again, uh, you know, obviously this is our season four finale. When, we, when we're back for season five in the fall, uh, I think we're going to be targeting around early October for that. Uh, stay tuned to, for our socials uh, for that, and we'll plug all that a little bit later on in the episode. Um, but we will run polls next season on Tuesdays following our main show, uh, which is usually on Mondays. We run that on Twitter and Instagram. And so uh, what's our handles again? It's going to be at Weekly Real on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And so, Jeremy, this week, well, I'm sharing a movie with you about Mia, a struggling, uh, a struggling actress, and Sebastian, a struggling mus- uh, musician. And how they navigate life in the city of stars. I'm not going to sing that part again. (laughs) (laughs) And how they navigate life in the city of stars as they both pursue their dreams in the 2016 Damien Chazelle film, La La Land. And so here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it yet, stream it now. It's streaming on Hulu. Uh, and I think I've seen it before, even on HBO Max. And, you know, we're still not sponsored by HBO Max, but right now. It's on Hulu, so check it out there, and then obviously enjoy the podcast. So, Jeremy, let's get right into the double feature. And so, uh, just as a quick reminder, this is where I bring a a question, a topic question to the table. Jeremy doesn't know what I'm going to ask, and vice versa. He's got a question, and I don't know what he's going to ask. So, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a way to get some spontaneous conversation going between the two of us. And, you know, if we have guests, you know, between the three or four of us. So, Jeremy, earlier this season, we covered Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, La La Land isn't a movie centered around the multiverse, but it did give us an alternate reality. So, for my half of the double feature, I wanted to ask you this. Which story would you have preferred? The story as portrayed in La La Land, the actual movie, or... The alternate story that was depicted during the ending montage. Oh, damn. All right. So in the alternate one that we saw, kind of when Sebastian's playing the piano, and it's almost like we're going into his mind, like what he kind of wish he might have played out, you know, where he gets the girl, Mia, in the end. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But then in that lead up to to that 
ending alternate ending it's like everything kind of went according to plan everything went perfectly went swimmingly and for me i guess i i like the ending i mean like is a (laughs) well i don't i don't know if that's the best word to use it's the prefer it's, it's i yeah i prefer that ending just because it's more real more like more realistic i guess like you won't Nothing really goes your way all the time. And so, and that's how this movie went. It had its ups and downs. You knew things were going to go wrong eventually when they were, had this like little honeymoon phase. Uh, oh, yeah. Just picking her up and all that stuff, going on dates. And I was like, oh, like this is, it's going to hit hard when it gets to low. So, um, but in the end, it, he she ended up with the guy from That Thing You Do. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't gonna mention it, I was going to. I'm glad you did, dude. Just as a quick aside, just just to jump in. When I saw him, I was like, "Wait, is that the guy from that thing you do? He looks old." Yeah, I was like, "He looks so familiar." It's oh, literally no. that yeah. guy. He's guy from that thing you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So go that watch that guy. Yeah, that's a good movie. Good musical movie, by the way. Yes. Um, but. I do prefer the the one that actually happened, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, this was obviously your first screening of La La Land. Uh, did you think that it would end this way, where they wouldn't end up together? <sighs> okay. So, <laughs> like, and, and I'm ta- and I'm talking about like when they first, you know, get you know to have that chance encounter and all that stuff, and then you know they go through the beginning part of the relationship, etc. Mm-hmm. Did you think that they would end up together? Okay. Um, before even watching the movie, I thought they were going to end up together. As I went into the movie, I was like, and I saw how things were kind of playing out, like you said, uh, just kind of towards the beginning. And, uh, when they started forming the relationship, going on a little bit of dates, I was like, if they don't get together by the end, if they don't stay together by the end of this, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like it was all fine and all that stuff, and she breaks up with him, um, kind of the beginning of the third act, right? Uh-huh. So it's just like okay, there's still time, they're gonna get back together, but <laughs> so I was like, damn, why did my gut feeling have to be right? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Obviously, last week on our Josie the Tiger and the Fish, uh podcast episode we had uh andrea uh, on the podcast she runs our social medias uh shout out to andrea hello what's up she ended up watching you know because she knew that we were gonna go watch uh la la land for our finale and so she ended up watching it i think this past weekend and she tweeted about it and so as as soon as i saw her tweet i you know started messaging her on the side just you know just asking her what she thought but it's funny you say that here's her tweet (laughs) Was she live tweeting? No, she wasn't. Okay, it was just it was just uh, just a random tweet after okay. after she watched it. <laughs> Actually, it was two tweets. Now that I'm looking at it. She goes, "Wow, I'm very sad with the ending of La La Land." And then, and then she goes, "It was." <laughs> she just, <laughs> I guess, it really wrecked her because <laughs> she did not like the the ending at all. Uh, because uh, I me- I messaged her inside and she was like, "No, I did not like that ending." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, you know what? My mom didn't like the ending ending either." Um, 
I won't attempt to say it in Tagalog, but basically it was like, oh, it was, it was such a sad ending. I don't like it <laughs> when there's sad endings. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that going into a movie that, for the most part, is feel good, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I, <laughs> I was like, when I was watching it, I'm like, this is the per- like one of the perfect date movies. It's not too cliche. It's not so in your face, but it's a fun time, and it's like pretty mm-hmm. casual uh, throughout. And you're like, okay, and the guy is fun, the girl's fun. It's like, okay, it's cool, casual. And then they don't end up together. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shoot. <clears throat> Maybe not the perfect date movie then. Yeah. Dude, it was, it, I, it caught me off guard, the ending. And, and so I guess my answer to my own question is mm-hmm. the same as yours. I, I did like the, rea- the, uh, the real version uh, of it, you know, because I feel like that version of it, you know, we don't see too many of that usually. Again, with these type of movies, you get the whole happy ending. And I did appreciate how Damien Giselle, Chazelle um, had ended up picking um, an ending where, again, I felt like, you know, when they were struggling, that's when they were at their closest. They were there to support each other. But as they were gaining success uh, for each of their dreams... It's just natural to sometimes, uh, you know, you end up just growing apart. And and I think that's basically what happened. You know, at the very end, you get to see um, Sebastian have his own jazz club, Sebs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, dude, you got Mia getting recognized on the Warner Brothers uh, lot. Basically, it's like, oh, my God, it's is that Mia, whatever her last name is. Yeah. And, oh, dude, I knew that she wouldn't, like, at, at the end, I know there must have been some people, just like myself, saying, I wish Mia would just go run to Sebastian at the end, you know, like, and he's playing on the, the piano and all that stuff. But then I also have to remember, like, the scene before when she left her home, she has a kid with this guy yeah. from yeah. That Thing You Do. <laughs> I know, yeah, and you can't just, like, on a whim, just kind of wreck your home, especially if you have a... uh have a kid and everything, especially a really young kid. You don't want to kind of root for that whole ending because then that would be actually even more sad, I think, even though it would be feel good because we spent all this time invested with both Mia and Sebastian. But, dude, I don't know about you, but like at the very end when uh, that guy from That Thing You Do and her just happened to walk into, uh, I guess, the club Mm-hmm. And when you saw Sebs on there, did it kind of take your breath away a little bit? Because it did for me. I will admit. I was like, oh, no. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew like uh, when they weren't going to make it to their movie or showing or whatever, yeah. um, that when they pulled off the the highway, I was like, yeah. it's over. They're going to freaking Sebastian's nightclub or jazz club. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, forget it. I wasn't too surprised. I was, But... <laughs> I don't know. Just that, that those last looks between them. It's like it, like it says so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> uh my question I want to throw out though, uh cuz this is very much character-driven story. They're really trying to push through like basically achieving their, their dreams, Mia and Sebastian and 
a lot of it, it was pretty much intercutting between two characters, especially in the beginning. You see, you start off with Mia's storyline and then you go to Sebastian and vice versa throughout the, the movie. So I want to ask you, which individual storyline did you like more, uh, Mia or Sebastian? Um, I like Mia's. Um, I mean, I, I just felt like uh, there's just a, I feel like there's a lot of very variation i i just like those those times when she was doing her auditions i mean there was just one like it was just bad luck like and it was like different types of bad luck that would happen uh to her where you know like you could see the struggle you could see the frustration that that she was experiencing throughout mm-hmm. i mean she had what like when she was about to leave at the kind of the her job and that she runs into that dude with the coffee and she had to zip mm. up her jacket, the whole jacket, the whole way yeah. uh, the, the, during the thing. And then when she was still there, there was the interruption with the, the lady with the post-it note. And then that one scene where she was auditioning and that rude lady was just texting on the phone. But then the other guy's just looking at some other lady's headshot. I was like, man, I felt like she killed some of those uh, those auditions. I was like, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I just felt really invested in Mia's storyline because of, well, I mean, you know, I've always admired, like, the whole process of acting uh, for both, you know, actors and actresses. And, and I just really felt bad for her. And then, um, I don't know, like, when... She ultimately made that decision to leave Greg. Uh, left left that dinner. She heard the theme, her mm-hmm. uh, me and Sebastian's theme, and then do the whole thing. I was like, oh, I feel good. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I <don't know>. So <laughs> I don't know. I I just felt like, uh, you know, I I really did like, I, and that that's not to say that I, I didn't like Sebastian's. Sebastian's was really good as as well, but I don't know. Um, I don't know the. I guess the romantic side of me just felt uh, more of a connection with me is. Mm, okay. I actually, yeah, I went, I went with Sebastian for mine. I think okay. in the beginning, I uh, kind of going with the first 15, maybe 20 minutes of the movie. I didn't really like it that much. Like mm. going, starting in with the movie, doing this musical number. And I was like, uh, I don't really like this like this musical number that we have straight at the beginning. I was like, okay, we'll see. Maybe it's setting the tone, which it. it, it <laughs> oh, it, another day of sun. Yeah, it. it yeah, I didn't really like that song. <laughs> so, uh, but it, I liked the atmosphere it gave. Like it set up for the rest of the movie, where it's like very much classic movies. The way mm-hmm. it was shot, which this movie is beautiful, by the way. Yes. So and every, all the colors and the. The backgrounds, the way it made L.A. look, which mm-hmm. does not look like that in real life. But, <laughs> uh, but it's obviously, it's very Hollywood L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, a, I was a little bored in the beginning. Uh, I don't, and it really didn't pick up for me until we actually moved into Sebastian's point of view. When we see him, mm-hmm. when, they, when they meet and she, he like hella honks at her on the highway. Yeah. And then yeah. we, go, we go from his point of view. Um, and I liked his storyline starting, you know, obviously from the restaurant where J.K. Simmons is his boss and fires him. 
<laughs> I thought he was gonna uh like obviously for me okay yeah. and this is this is where we kind of diverge I watched La La Land before Whiplash mm. and you know you vice versa now I can ask without giving spoilers now for La La Land let me ask you this real quick did you think we were gonna get a, a version of J.K. Simmons from <laughs> from Whiplash in La La Land when you saw him no, I th- I feel like it was more of a, hey, J.K. Simmons, do you want to just hop on, like, yeah. you know, just for for the hell of it? And I, yeah, it would have been crazy if he's like the same guy. Imagine yeah. Whiplash universe. That would be funny. Yeah, because uh, I mean, obviously he kind of gets let go. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. for for Whiplash. <laughs> uh, but in terms of Sebastian's storyline, I really like how um, it pretty much how how his career kind of played out and or in the way he kind of gets there to chase his dream you know going playing with john legend not yeah yeah john legend <laughs> with, with john legend i was like shoot um and really having to be questioned again by mia so it's like i liked his storyline both of them are super good it's just those first maybe 15 20 minutes i was like eh. and then after that i was like then it's slowly I, it gradually got better and better throughout the movie. Like yeah. the this the whole, the whole movie in general for me. Yeah, random thought on I mean, since you mentioned John Legend and obviously the the what was the name of their the messengers their the messengers yeah 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 the uh, the song I I really didn't like the song I felt like they did a really good job in choosing that weird mashup between jazz and then this futuristic version of it like mm-hmm. synthy like club sort of mashup thing because i was like man i do not like i think i I identify with how um sebastian really feels about that song Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i undoubtedly loved all the other jazz type uh songs or the older type songs rather than thing when i listen to the soundtrack every time i listen because i love the soundtrack by the way Mm -hmm. I always try to skip through that John Legend song. <laughs> Sorry, John. Really? And you're my guy. <laughs> we were both born on the same day, December 28th. I, dude, I I felt like I I, I kind of liked it, except for the synth stuff. Yeah. It was I, like at some point, or I, there was just, it was too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think they, it was on purpose, right? It's like it I had think a storytelling it it aspect. Yeah. But, um, Randomly, I mean, you talked about like kind of the beginning of Mia's storyline. Did you recognize one of her friends? I know there was three other friends that there were, I think they were all aspiring actresses as well. Did you note, uh, did you recognize one of them? Uh, I only recognized what was the the blonde one is Jessica Roth, who plays in Happy Death Day. No. Oh, so, okay. I didn't even recognize her, but well, I, the, the I might one have misrecognized that... her, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? Let me look up the, uh, the name of the actress of the other one that I did, did notice. And here it is. Sonoya Mizuno. She hmm. was the one in the yellow dress. Okay. And she plays Araminta in Crazy Rich Asians. The, the, the actress. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the heck, dude! <laughs> I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I mean, I caught this on this latest uh, rewatch because I think obviously when uh, La La Land came out, Crazy Rich Asians hadn't come out yet. So um, yeah, Crazy Rich Asians was eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Okay, 
Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, oh, shoot. It's Araminta. <laughs> I had to like double check. I was like, isn't that that girl from Crazy Rich Asians? And I found out uh, I was correct. I, I don't know how I spotted her because it's kind of random. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's some uh, some people that you see in that in other movies in this movie. So J.K. Hey. Simmons. I thought he was gonna be last. That's not my tempo. <laughs> that's not my tempo. Well, he basically just. Hey, fire! He's fire. Yeah, he's, I had enough of that jazz crap. Yes, <laughs> I thought he was gonna start getting on the piano. I know. So, so all for me and uh, all for you and none for me. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! That was oh, good. Uh, yeah, J.K. Simmons is always just good. I mean, he's just got a, his his presence about him. But anyway, uh, Jeremy. I mean, dude, we've talked about Whiplash. I mean, we've talked about <laughs> J.K. Simmons, and so that brings me to our audience question this week. Again, we mentioned or we talked about Whiplash in season two, and so I mean, I wanted to ask the audience, and I actually I'm kind of curious what you think. This week's audience question is: Which of Damien Chazelle's films? is more rewatchable. I'm not saying it, which one's better. Mm. Which one is more rewatchable, La La Land or Whiplash? Uh, Jeremy, you want to take this one? I'm going to go with Whiplash for me. I it's, okay. it's definitely the one that makes you sweat more. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely much more intense. But I prefer the music in Whiplash more than La La mm. Land. Okay. I, I get that. I mean, it's more of a musical type flavor with especially... A few of the songs, especially. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I would say La La Land. I, I think Whiplash is the better film. Hmm. Um, I feel like, I don't know if my blood pressure can take <laughs> many more rewatches of Whiplash, especially when, I think we were joking around uh, this past what, weekend when we were doing the Miles Teller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Miles Teller um, <laughs> slamming the drums pretty much. With the bloody hands and everything. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I could. I mean, I just recently rewatched it, that being said. But I don't know if I could take too many review. I literally would have to be in the mood. I feel like with La La Land, it, it, it's a little bit more versatile. I could watch it uh, if I'm like, you know, a little bit more emo. I could be I could watch it if uh, <laughs> if I'm if I'm like in a good mood. I mean, I felt I feel like it's a little bit more of a versatile movie. I but. love how both movies are like underdog movies, though, where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. basically the person is just trying to build themselves up. I love both the both these stories for for the characters. Right. I mean, you get Miles Teller, you get uh, Mia and Sebastian. I feel like all three of them, uh, in addition to that, uh, uh, them being underdogs, they're all chasing their dreams of being wanting to be at the top of the profession. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I haven't seen the other Damien Chazelle movie, the first wait, first man. Yeah, I wonder if he's chasing the dream too. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. he's uh, Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe. He's, he's chasing the moon. Yeah, I mean. And he did. Spoiler alert. What? <laughs> we landed on the moon. We landed on the moon. No way. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of Dumb and Dumber. A reference yeah. to episode one of our podcast. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Anyway, uh, dude, if Jeremy, if if our our audience wants to um, chime in on this audience question, how can they do that? So you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Weekly Real. Go leave us a comment or DM us if you want. 
Yes. And if uh, they want to, I don't know, give us a little bit more of an essay, I guess. I mean, they can. I mean, we'll have a lot of time in this offseason <laughs> to actually go through it. How can they, uh, well, what's our email address, actually, so that they can send us a more long version of a response? Uh, so it's going to be twr1013 at gmail.com. Wait, 1013? Like, uh, is that a radio station? Yeah, that's our radio station. <laughs> that's our radio, radio station? station? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Dude, that would be legit. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I mean, but then I feel like, I mean, we're talking about chasing dreams. That's us chasing our, I don't know. I feel like that's more chasing our tails because I don't think we <laughs> they would do <laughs> podcasts on radio. I mean, we would really have to be, what, on AM radio at this point? Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think we want that. Uh, but our actual email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com so jeremy let's take a quick break all right welcome back from the break and uh just like most of our episodes and the season four finale is no different for la la land jeremy let's kick off uh, I guess the second half of this episode with our weekly real awards. And so the first award that I want to give, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> it's a musical film. Um, I mean, we're going to, it's only natural that we do give the star spangled man award for favorite musical number. So Jeremy, what was your favorite, especially this being your first, uh, your first uh, viewing? Mm, yeah. So considering how many, so- like there were a lot of songs in this, I feel like, and I don't know. I, 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 like I said earlier, I didn't like the music as much as Whiplash, but uh, I did like City of Stars, and specifically okay. when when Ryan Gosling is kind of just walking down that pier, and it's just like the the atmosphere of it. It was so Hollywood, L.A. Mm-hmm. But I just I love those visuals, and that song is I think the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah, yeah, and no, that was a good one. Uh, every time I hear. Uh, that version of it, because I mean, later on in the uh, in the movie, there's the duet mm-hmm. where they're uh, when Sebastian and Mia are at the piano at home, and you know they're singing a duet, uh, basically an extended version of City of Stars. But specifically, the version that you're referencing, every time I hear it, I always will hum along with uh, <laughs> with Ryan Gosling, and then it just inevitably gets stuck in my head. It's currently stuck in my head right now. I was thinking about actually uh, opening this episode with me whistling, but I didn't want to pierce everyone's ears uh, at the beginning of this episode. That's true. Whistling? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe humming. Yeah, maybe humming. Eh, We'll see. I mean, either way, I'm not... uh, My voice isn't that great, but... uh, No, I I, I do like City of Stars. It's actually the... um, I think the the musical number that actually won the Oscar for best original song, I think. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that actually. Let me fact check that real quick. I think it won best cinematography, didn't it? It did. It did. Um, it won original score as well. I think huh. for, uh, just, was it Justin Hurwitz or something? I, I forget the, the actual name. Yeah, I mean, in addition to Justin Hurwitz uh, winning the Best Achievement in Music for the original score, yes, City of Stars actually did win the Oscar for uh, Best Achievement in Music, uh, Motion Pictures, uh, uh, sorry, original song. 
Mm. Yeah, just when I hear the song, it just feels like a classic song. You know what I mean? It, mm. I, I thought it, it fit pretty much the atmosphere of the movie, and I love the tone. It, it felt very like old timey classic movie, and that's the song that at least I like the most from the movie. So I guess that's I'm not good- I'm not the only one. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean. The Academy liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I have to go, and I think I talked about it a little bit earlier. I got to go with uh, Mia and Sebastian's uh, Mia and Sebastian's theme. Um, again, I, I agree. I kind of agree with you in that the first couple of songs, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm liking the the um, uh, the songs were all right, uh, but it I I did appreciate the energy of each of the songs because mm-hmm. they're upbeat, peppy. You know, it, it got the movie off on on a f- on the foot where it's like okay, you know, like we want this to be. It's L.A. Mm-hmm. A lot of energy, very colorful, just like you said. Uh, but when we get to the part where, I mean, obviously from Mia's perspective. Um, She's leaving the thing and her car gets towed and she's like walking just randomly and she just comes across the uh, what that restaurant mm-hmm. and she hears the, you know, the theme playing. And then ultimately you see Sebastian's point of view where he's, you know, like trying to sneak in some of that jazz that J.K. Simmons didn't want him to do. <laughs> yeah. to do. And he's playing uh, Deck the Halls right into that perfect transition, mm-hmm. right into the uh, um me and Sebastian's theme, I was just like, dude, that theme is just so catchy. I'm a sucker for when it comes to piano-driven music. And dude, I felt like I felt like that this theme is where the emo- emotional stakes get set. Ooh. Before whereas before it's like, ah, you know, it's like whatever. But dude, you start to fe- have some of the uh, emotion uh into the film. And I felt like this was like the baseline and it's where I feel like the, uh, the movie starts taking off. Yeah. When Mia pretty much goes, enters that restaurant and sees Sebastian playing, it's like the, the turning point in the, or it's where everything else in the movie hinges on. Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, how he kind of reacts to her in that moment and, uh, just everything. But then she's not t- totally off putted by him. Like, even though she's like, you acted like an asshole, which he did. <laughs> but then he just, you know, he got fired and all that stuff. And yeah. they they both had their bad days in the movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I wanted to mention freaking J.K. Simmons um, when he fires Sebastian. And then Sebastian's like, come on, it's Christmas. He's like, yeah, I know. I can yeah, see, I the know. see the decorations. decorations. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So oh, I'm like, dude, shoot, that's... Fletcher's back. That was savage. That was savage. And this, you know, like obviously, I kind of prepped this uh, this movie. Kind of had a really eh, stretch, uh, admittedly a stretch in terms of like trying to connect it with the MCU. But I felt like that scene is kind of like a a, a nexus event. It's similar to like Loki, (laughs) where I felt like again, like we saw like a variant uh, in a different universe of how this could have gone. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. I I thought you meant like he was J. Jonah Jameson and no, 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 no. And talking about how Spider Man. No, you got. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Oh my god. No, but you got to see like how. Like, it could have gone, I guess, in Sebastian's own head. Okay, so, I see. <laughs> yeah. 
So sorry about that. Anyway, uh, just very quickly, honorable mention, the engagement party song, that another piano-driven uh, song. Not sure if you, you know, you're really caught up with, uh, I guess, current music right now. I mean, we're taping this on July 27th, 2022. But I don't know if pe- many people have noticed this, but there's a current hit on the radio right now or, you know, Spotify or whatever from Joji called Glimpse of Us. I mean, it's making its rounds on the radio, streaming playlists and social media. I'll, if uh, you have this puzzled look in your head, uh-huh. I'll actually play it for you after we get done um, recording. But Is it the good? beginning, <laughs> well, the beginning of Glimpse of Us actually sounds like Engagement Party, the song. And I just was like, whoa, when I heard Glimpse of Us the first time, I was just like, oh, dude, that sounds like La La Land song. So I was like trying to go through the soundtrack. And I found it. So and I totally, it totally sounds. It, the it was same. A, that was a good song too. It's a underrated scene in my opinion mm. too. It's because I think at that point he did leave John Legend's group, like the Messengers, and he started like slowly working his way back to the jazz that he loves. Yeah. So it's like in the engagement, you know, he's just playing the piano, and he looked happier to be playing that kind of music, even though it was just at a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you talked about an underrated scene. Perfect segue right into our next award, the Yinsen Award for underrated character or underrated scene. So, Jeremy, was that your winner, or are we talking about a a, a, a even better one? Yeah, I mean, I guess that would have been an honorable mention. Um, shoot, I guess underrated scene would have to be when Sebastian wakes up uh, and. Mia's on the phone with her mom. Oh yeah, and he just overhears her talking like, "Oh, you know, you know how pretty much parents are. They're gonna ask, oh, what's his job? What is what does he do for a living? Does he have a? Does he make money? And what is like, what are his plans or something like that? So it's like, it was understandable, but then it, it, I felt like it did feed into." Sebastian's like kind of insecurities it kind of went into it kind of built up over the course of the movie like we saw his sister at the beginning kind of getting on him about it too and it kind of like I think broke him down at that point and I love the way that scene kind of plays out where it's like it makes him choose go you know these characters aren't perfect and they're human and they need to provide for themselves so i think it was an underrated turning point where it's like also another what if situation uh if he didn't take that would he stay with mia if he didn't take that job yeah yeah another what if yeah it's another and that's really what life is all about too i think where it's like you make these these decisions and Sometimes you just have to live with the consequences. Mm-hmm. There are in, infinite choices that yeah. we do make. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Shoot, I thought you were talking about Bernard and what if. Yeah. <laughs> the Watcher. <laughs> the Watcher. Yes. I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't even want to try doing a Bernard uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah. He's got, he's got that silky voice. Oh, it's so good. Uh, for, for me... I again, I'll pick underrated scene when it comes to the Yinsen Award, like I normally would. Um, one of my favorite songs of this uh, of this movie is "A Lovely Night," 
I mean, it's a fun and catchy, mm. very beautiful number. It, it transitions into a, a tap uh, number, like a you know dance between uh, Ryan Gosling and, and Emma Stone, and you could definitely see the chemistry that they have. Um, you know, obviously, well, for me, it was my second movie that seeing them on screen together. The first was Crazy Stupid Love, and I love that movie. So I, immediately I watched it again after. But anyway, um, the underrated part of this scene, uh, though, is after the dance number. Yes. Remember, Sebastian <laughs> ends up helping Mia find her car. I mean, mm. she, and then, you know, she offers him a ride to his car and he's like oh you know it's just it's nearby it's just like right there yeah but then we find out that he ends up walking back to the house where they originally started Mm -hmm. because his car was parked across the street and i was like dude sebastian you're the man you're such a gentleman for walking me you know late at night and so but i know i get it yeah he could have just given her a ride. He's like, hey, my car is right here. True. And, and, and we could just, you know, you tell me where your car is or whatever. But we wouldn't have gotten, you know, like them chatting as they were walking, the whole dance number and, you know, them just enjoying the scene. The scene. You get a little bit of playful banter and then it would have just been a waste of a lovely night. You know, I guess a rebuttal to it being the logical choice to get in his car. But then again, it's getting into his car, which isn't exactly like they weren't that close yet. So yeah. it's like almost walking her is safer. It's a better decision in rather for, for Mia than actually getting into his car. Right. So that is, that is true. It, it, it is the more gentle. It's like uh, the less pushy. Mm, yeah. Of the choices. You're right. Um, so I mean, I, I, I appreciated that scene for the fact that he literally had to walk all, all the way, way back. back. <laughs> but that was so good. And the way yeah. that, it, like, no music, just slowly walking back to his car mm-hmm. and then drives off. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a, that was a good scene. Underrated. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's get right into the next award, um, Avengers Assemble. I mean, we're t- I feel like there was a good amount of scenes to choose from. I guess, again, it's up to personal preferences. Jeremy, who would you give your, or which scene would you give your Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene? Okay, to set up this real quick, I'll I'll mention right now, though, I like (laughs) their dynamic more, uh, Sebastian and Mia, compared to another Ryan Gosling movie, The Notebook. I like Mm. this couple more (laughs) than The the Notebook. I could like we mentioned how creepy he was in the notebook but anyway <laughs> at least i did um i wrote you every day for a year <laughs> it's not over it's still not over <laughs> sorry i was doing my uh the rock i don't yeah. know why that came out like the rock. <laughs> i was gonna say it's like what is the rock there finally <laughs> it's like you finally back it's a fish WrestleMania. All right. <laughs> my favorite wow. romantic scene. My favorite romantic scene, though, has to be. It's not even that rom- like in the sense romantic, but mm. I love the relationship between them because you genuinely feel like they're friends. Mm-hmm. And it's when Sebastian finds Mia's home and mm. tells her about the casting call. That whole yeah. sequence. Like going from her house at night and then picking her up back in the morning, but especially at night when they're arguing, like like it's not over. You can do it. 
it really just felt like a best friend telling another like their friend just like you are good enough for this and I, they felt they did that for both of each other and that uh that's why it hurts so much in the end that they don't get together um what i appreciate about the romance in this movie it's not i guess like they don't it doesn't focus on physical attraction like mm-hmm. they kiss like maybe a few times in the movie like i can't even remember really but it's like yeah it's not too much about the physical attraction where it's like compared to other movies i feel like uh uh, characters would be like oh ryan gosling oh emma stone and all that stuff right and i like that it's just they're, they're just people and what makes these characters attractive especially to each other i think and in a way the audience is like their drive their ambition and basically how much they're how much they support each other Mm -hmm. yeah just to kind of add to that uh, one underrated aspect of their relationship and i'll 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 heap some more praise on sebastian the kind the character you know i talked about how gentlemanly he was one thing i noticed upon this latest rewatch because i hadn't seen it in, in in a while was I was like Sebastian was written as a, a very good listener. When you're mm. talking about how he ended up visiting Boulder City, he like literally takes a nondescript uh, conversation that they had. Remember uh, when? I mean, again, he paid attention. Basically, was like, oh, uh, I work. She mentioned that she worked on the Warner's lot. That's how he was able to kind of get through security and, yeah. and, and and find the the cafe that she worked at but remember when they're walking along the the warner set or whatever that she was kind of talking about where she lived and everything and then she you know like during that scene that you were talking about she's like how like how did you know where i live it's like well you said that you lived in the house across the the library and then they mm-hmm. pointed through the library i was like oh man dude that's gotta be like every person's dream in terms of searching for uh, that you know, significant others like someone who actually pays attention to mm-hmm. all the little details of everything that goes on. You know, even the most nondescript of conversations, they actually pay attention and they retain that uh, for long-term memory. So I uh, wanted to point that out and appreciate uh, in appreciation to Se- Sebastian's character in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I think he definitely put the pieces between that conversation and then. Um, Mia's play. I think it was, mm-hmm. was it called like leaving Boulder city? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't remember offhand. So I don't, and I don't want to make an attempt. <laughs> yeah. I guess I wasn't a very good um, viewer. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wasn't like Sebastian where I was like rem- remembering all this stuff. Uh, so, but for, I guess for my uh, favorite scene, Avengers assemble award winner, it's gotta be the epilogue. I think we, talked about that actually in the first half of the Damn. episode dude when sebastian just starts to play their theme and dude he's crushed already because he sees guy <laughs> with, <laughs> with mia yeah <laughs> random i f- totally forgot that that was his name it's okay man he was a drummer <laughs> <laughs> he was in the wonders <laughs> the one the own eaters the own eaters <laughs> Oh shoot! But dude, when he starts playing it, it's so sad already. Yeah, it, like it's heartbreaking because I was like, "Oh my god, 
you get to see Sebastian. It, it you know it does that weird spotlight thing. It does the same thing for Mia, and then the dream sequence hits. Mm-hmm. But it's like a perfect transition because you know he's playing, you know he starts playing the theme regularly, and it goes right into the restaurant. It's like, wait, what's going on? And I don't know if it's because I was watching a fairly late showing back in 2016, but I was like, wait, was this whole movie a dream sequence? <laughs> Imagine. I was like, wait, no, that would have been horrible. But then you know as the montage you know goes you know you get like a lot of the dance numbers you get to see like you know you get to see kind of like a summary of like how things could have been i mm-hmm. guess watching it now late you know just knowing what happens one thing about this the transitions were really good mm-hmm. because it goes from you know different set sets to another it's just like a perfect way to kind of summarize how things could have gone but dude, when we get to the part where City of Stars, the piano-driven uh, uh, version of that, with the vintage home video footage of what life would have been like if me and Sebastian started a family, I was like, dude, I'm starting to get, starting to get a little misty-eyed yeah. a little bit. I don't know, man. <laughs> and then we start to come full circle. You know, it's doing the whole like how we got to there with uh, them going back to the club and we realize now that this is all a dream sequence and dude, it ends with uh, Sebastian being all sad and yeah. uh, again, basically full circle. And then the, the movie ends with just the look of acknowledgement, how they both made it. But, Oh man, I was just, I was crushed by the end of this. Yeah, dude, it was, it was weird, dude, where, this and Whiplash, it's like you get a sense of achievement at the end mm-hmm. for both, but you're left, I, I feel like a little bit more devastated <laughs> in La La Land because yeah. you got the, the characters are so like well written and we, we're rooting for them. Um, but yeah, that, that flashback sequence, or I mean, that, that sequence was the biggest what if of the whole movie. And like, like I said before, it's like they could have done any little thing differently and maybe they would end up together. And it's just unfortunate that they do end up kind of separating. She has a kid with a guy and all that (laughs) stuff. So, but also I want to mention the transitions are really good in this when they go into like musical mode like the spotlights on them everything becomes dark and all that stuff it's very atmospheric and um i i want to mention uh audition Mm. that was i i think my second favorite song with emma stone and the way that like went about like when the transition i remember that specifically and her emotion in that scene i think got me i was like oh so good when her voice started to crack a Mm -hmm. little bit damn Dude, that song actually <clears throat> is definitely up there for me. I think it's like top three. Yeah, top three maybe. But that song was actually the the song that I saw on the trailer that made me want to watch this movie. Because I was like, dang, I didn't know that Emma Stone. I was like a little skeptical. I was like, was that Emma Stone really singing? But I was like, dude, if that really was, I was like, pretty good. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, from uh, Zombieland. <laughs> from super bad <laughs> yeah i was gonna say spider-man because uh, you know she died 
soon before. <laughs> no. Spoiler uh, alert. Spoiler. Oh, man, I feel sad now for another reason. <laughs> for too many reasons. Damn it, Andrew Garfield. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> I think we've been crushed um, throughout this whole film. You know what? Let's see if we could crush this whole season in terms of determining a season four champion. I feel like I, I'm in. I'm on the verge of like choking <laughs> the season four championship. No. I had a commanding seven point lead just two weeks ago, and dude, the current score for the season four belt as we reach the finale. But dude, my seven point lead has been trimmed to one. It's now me at thirty two, Jeremy at thirty one. And then Andrea at 16, and she has a chance to play spoiler here. Yeah. So um, Andrea had, did, again, uh, just remind everyone, she did watch the movie. She did uh, submit a guess via email. Jeremy, do you want to actually read Andrea's guess? Yeah. So for Andrea, she guessed 83%. Ooh, okay. I did guess <laughs> higher, and I don't know if I guessed too high now. Uh, I guess 97%. Whoa! Oh, my. Okay. I was in the middle. Oh, I feel like this is going to add to the drama. (laughs) I guess 93%. Crap. Oh, shoot. All right, let me go look it up right now. Say La La Land. And with a... Oh, how many reviews? Oh, there's a lot. 469 reviews. 469, okay. It looks like I'm a back-to-back champion because it's at 91%. Damn, 91. There you go. (laughs) Back-to-back champions. I I finally equal Jeremy. (laughs) We're on equal footing now (laughs) as a two-time champ. Because Jeremy, uh, for those of you who may be tuning into the Weekly Real podcast for the first time, on our Guess the Rotten Tomato score uh, competition, he kicked my ass for the first two seasons. It wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, but the last two seasons, I've squeaked out victories. I think each of the last two seasons has gone to the the final <laughs> final week. episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, this one was crazy. I think because it was literally that even if we were to tie. You know, yeah. um, champion gets the win. Yeah, because I mean, we're, dude, we're, yeah. Ru- we're wrestling aficionados, and we were going to adopt that rule, I guess, where the challenger has to completely defeat the uh, the champ to mm-hmm. win the t- the title belt. I, I love the drama, but in this oh. game, <laughs> this season, because Andrea and the guests, you know, um, definitely helped me get my lead back up to that one one uh, point deficit and yep. so created more drama i think that's what makes it more fun right <laughs> when things are close it does it uh, does but man got another victory this season Ooh, looking to see if we can uh repeat for the first time next season season five and so the final score for season four uh wait you guessed what the, it was you got closer right you got second place yeah i got so, 97 so yeah so um oh yeah wait a beat minute him. She the well, you said ninety one. Oh yeah, she was off by eight. You were off by seven. Oh, off by six. No, no, six. Yeah, sorry. okay. Yeah. yeah, so you're still second. Math. So sorry, math. <laughs> it's not our forte right now, especially it being kind of late on a Wednesday. 
the final score for season four was uh, I was out on top with 35. Jeremy close behind again. Almost pulled off the miracle upset at 32. Then Andrea at 16. And then we may tweak it a little bit again. Uh, you know, I, it's a, a little bit of a chore to watch all the movies for Andrea. She's busy with her own arts <laughs> thing. So yeah. we might uh, just combine her with the guests moving forward. So that way we get an influx of uh, kind of rotating third score just to kind of add that variable for future seasons. Mm. And so, Jeremy, before we close out this episode, we have one final award of the evening, the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate La La Land a rating between 1 and 3,000. Obviously, this was your first screening. I'm very curious how you would uh, score this, especially compared to Whiplash. Ooh, uh, like I I think I kind of spoiled it a while ago. I did not like this as much as Whiplash, but yeah. I did still really like it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2550 out of 3000, so 85%, a good solid score. There are some mm-hmm. things, that, especially in the beginning, that I didn't particularly like. Nah, none of the music stood out too much to me that I could like, listen to it casually, I think. Uh, but overall, the story and the characters is what really what drew me into the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the aspect I like the most, the drama and the characters. Okay. Okay. I, I, I pretty much agree with you, uh, with your assessment of it, even though I probably watched this movie at least a half a dozen times. Um, my my rating is actually similar to yours. It's a little bit higher at 2613, which is about 87.1%. Again, it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure movie, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think people get surprised that, well, they get surprised whenever I say that I like this movie. Um, and so I feel like every time I visit LA, it makes me want to watch this uh, movies. Uh, I think one of the recent times that I visited uh, I got to visit and hike up to Griffith Observatory and it reminded me of some of the things. And actually, do you remember that one scene? It was, I think, the last Mia and Sebastian scene before the five-year mm. time jump. Yeah. They're sitting on that bench right next to uh, Griffith Observatory. Yeah. Well, I should have probably taken a photo of that bench because <laughs> I actually walked. I, I I did a hike up there uh, when I was making my way up to the observatory. Yeah, that was, was cool. the the visuals in this movie definitely like portray L.A. in this very glamorous way. But <laughs> yeah, I I really like this movie. I don't I don't think this would be a guilty pleasure. I think yeah. the the Notebook is more of a guilty pleasure type of movie. Um. Like honestly, like I don't necessarily watch too many Ryan Gosling stuff. Yeah. Like uh, his character was okay to me in The Notebook. I think the only other movie that I've seen him in that I liked this character was maybe Drive. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, have you seen The Gray Man yet? I have not yet. Oh, I haven't either. I'll probably watch it after this. (laughs) It's like yeah, probably different. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably watch it after this as well. Um. But I mean, if you did like their dynamic in uh, well, La La Land, you should definitely try to watch uh, Crazy Stupid Love. I think okay. you'll enjoy that movie as well. You might even like it more than this, actually. Now that I think about it. Okay. Yeah, that was like uh, there's a it's it's a good mix of a lot of different things. But I, obviously, I won't spoil it for you because I normally don't crave 
musicals. Yeah, exactly. So, I would guess since you rated this eighty five, I think Crazy Stupid Love has a chance to be around eighty eight to mm. like ninety, upper eighties, possible low nineties. I think we'll see. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, you may cover that next season. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Well, you know what? We usually kind of like end these episodes with final thoughts, and this episode's really no different. So, uh, Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts on La La Land? Um, I think I would rewatch this movie again just for like the art of it. You know, mm. maybe I would like it. I would score it a little bit higher just if I... You know, I'm not so stressed about if they're going to end up together by the end. Um, and we'll see. Like, I, I really appreciate, like, the the filmmaking aspect of it, too. Just like Whiplash. And I have the, there are some Whiplash moments where, like, where the uh, camera would pan really fast back and forth between Mia and Sebastian. It was very much like the end of Whiplash. And yes. So, I, just from a filmmaking standpoint, it's, it was a joy to watch for me. I agree. Actually, that was actually related to my final thought. Dude, I just wanted to just reiterate that the cinematography was gorgeous. I mean, you mentioned earlier that it did win the the Oscar for Best Cinematography and uh, the use of light and everything. But all this to say, I, I wanted to give one random confession. When I saw the trailer... Uh, for another movie that we covered. This was actually in season three of the Weekly Reel podcast, mm. Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. I thought that that movie, watching the, the, the that trailer, <laughs> because it looked very similar to La La Land, was going to be similar to La La Land. <laughs> and obviously that movie went completely in a different direction. Yep. That's why I was just like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> Holy crap, this is different. Yeah, definitely a different type of movie. For sure. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just w- kind of wanted to kind of mention that I just got because I thought it was pretty funny. So we got a lot of stuff to still kind of cover a little bit. And we still got uh, plugs, Jeremy. So I know last week you were plugging a certain project of yours. Here's another opportunity to plug that same project. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you, Ken, for the time. Uh, the short film I've been working on, The End of Yesterday, should be out. Uh, before the end of the summer, just making some final adjustments, and that should be out. So go follow me at JP underscore flicks on Instagram to get uh, the latest updates for that. I'll start posting stuff when um, starting to advertise it. It's a bit of a, yeah, just a short film, little kind of a web comic. It's all voice acting and all that stuff. So that's going to be uh, on YouTube for free eventually. And uh, yeah. Keep up to date at JP underscore flicks. Yes. Uh, for me, uh, I don't know if I have any projects. I really, it's been, it was, it's been a rough last couple of weeks uh, in terms of just uh, workload and everything. So again, I'll probably decompress. Uh, I will actually use this time probably to, I don't know, just throw on uh, toss around some ideas uh, for some upcoming things that uh, nothing's really set in stone. So I don't want to, promise anything but there's one thing that i do want to get back into is writing so i'm gonna quickly plug my blog that i haven't updated in a, since the very beginning of this year kenarseo.com uh i'll start to do a little bit of writing there maybe that'll get the creative juices flowing and so check that out 
uh, other than follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FreeKNA. And so we'll put Jeremy's like, uh, what do you call it? His, uh, his handle there too. What was your, what's your handle again? <laughs> at JP underscore flicks. Yes, exactly. All right, Jeremy. Well, looks like we, well, Another season just came and went. It went by in a blur, right? Yeah, I feel like, especially these last maybe four or five episodes, especially, like blew by hella fast. Um, yeah, this this season, there were definitely some challenges this season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with every season, I feel like it's 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 like different but i kind of always feel exhausted but it's a good exhaustion you know it makes me feel like we accomplished something and we accomplished another 18 weeks of both you know doing two shows again and uh we even added video a video aspect for season four and i felt like that went pretty smoothly surprisingly because at the beginning of the season and again we'll admit this uh, as far as i guess you know just a kind of glimpse into the making of the sausage pause uh but <laughs> oh, all right <laughs> all right but uh you know like heading into our season four premiere with uh with the batman jeremy and i wanted to incorporate video but we didn't know if that would even work out we were just like ah we'll just see if it works out i'll try to come up with a video and if it does we'll just we'll just toss the video out there as a reel and it somehow came together and and obviously that's when we just started incorporating videos in in terms of reels uh, on Instagram. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I do like watching those because sometimes I forget what I say or what I sometimes forget what, what happens, especially and maybe some mannerisms. So I, I enjoy the videos also or the reels on Instagram reels. Um, but yeah, dude, there were some challenges. I feel like both of us uh, each got two or three times like kind of under the weather um and we still like recorded that week we didn't really like miss a week even though sometimes we were kind of dying (laughs) yeah so it was it was pretty nuts this season yeah uh i appreciated the fact that jeremy stepped in to you know host when i couldn't and you know obviously vice versa vice versa and i think things evened out uh weirdly enough but uh uh any other random stuff that happened in season four that you wanted to highlight I mean, just the amount of guest appearances that we've had this season, too. I really appreciate the guests coming on. Uh, we've had some really good episodes with uh, all of them. And just to have just to have guests, I think, is yeah. uh, I'm really appreciative to everyone that comes on the show. Yeah. And for the most part, schedule schedule wise, it worked out for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like there were a couple of them couple episodes where you know things didn't go according to plan but i felt like um you know i feel like we have a good base in terms of regular recurring guests um and uh definitely looking forward to seeing them come back in season five uh looking forward to potential new guests in season five as well i mean i have a couple in mind that obviously i'll share with you uh jeremy when we do come up with our uh season five scheduling Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the podcast audience will find out sometime in the fall of later this year in 2022. Uh, but speaking of season five, you know, I think we try to do this every year on our finales and this, uh, the season's no different. Jeremy, do you have a mo? uh, sorry. Do you have a most anticipated movie of season five for the weekly real podcast for our main show? 
Okay, yeah, so I wanted to make that little caveat, at least in my head when I thought about this. It's like, what's the most anticipated movie for the show, for the yes. Weekly Real Podcast? For the weekly show. Yes. And for me, that's going to be Avatar The Way of Water. Whoa. I feel like it's going to be a big like praise movie or a big old rant, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's very true. Because it's James Cameron, he's been making this thing for a thousand years now and all its uh-huh. sequels. And uh, that, yeah, Avatar The Way of Water could be either really good or really bad. Like even if it's just meh and the amount of work and like news and how long this movie's been in production, it's like it better be good or else I feel like it's going to get a, it's gonna, it's going to get a hard like freaking rant from me cuz it's like he didn't do Terminator <laughs> to do this right, movie. It took forever for this sequel i mean obviously there's gonna be more uh on deck after this so if it's completely sucks it's like oh my god okay i guess i don't have to worry about watching the third one i mean we'll still we still will because of the podcast but it'll just (laughs) give us another opportunity to talk shit um about the avatar universe but uh, you know what i mean just randomly since you mentioned uh way of water I'm kind of curious to see how the first one ages with me because I haven't seen it mm. in many, many, many years. Yep. And uh, I plan on watching it when they re-release it in theaters. So I'm kind of curious to see if if my thoughts from back then change or if they're pretty much the same. Yeah, I wonder. It's not. I haven't really rewatched it in a while, so I got to do that too before. But the, yeah, The Way of Water is definitely one for the podcast I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Well, I mean, since you mentioned one new movie, I think uh, I I, I want to pick uh, take this opportunity. I should say mm-hmm. take this opportunity to reveal to the audience that I mean, usually we have a rewatch series, dude. I think we're all but decided, Jeremy, and this is the time I'll reveal it, dude. We're gonna be watching some Mission Impossible. So Mission Impossible franchise will be the next franchise that we do cover, and I'm very curious to see how some of these uh, movies age and I kind of want to yeah. dissect <laughs> a lot of these movies, especially the earlier ones. And that those are the ones that we will be covering in season five. Yeah. Cause in seasons one and two of the podcast, uh, we did MCU episode or movies. It was and season one, two and three, by the one, way. Two, oh yeah. One, two and three. And then obviously <laughs> we did a smaller rewatch <laughs> this season with rush hour one, two and three. So we kind of took a smaller project. Now we're going kind of medium-sized yeah. with Mission Impossible for yeah, season uh, I mean, five. Yeah, yep, season five. And th- there's a reason why we're doing it. We'll, we won't reveal it just yet, uh, but uh, stay tuned for those episodes. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all we got. I mean, uh, any final word for to close out season four? I don't know, man. Was this was La La Land as good as High School Musical? <laughs> <laughs> or what? Ten Things I Hate About You, which was last season. Nah, I mean, I think I like this movie more, probably. Okay, okay. Probably. I'm uh, kind of curious. Now, I'm kind of curious now if uh, if you'll like uh, Crazy Stupid Love, just because uh, knowing that you like the whole um, Ryan Gosling and and uh, Emma Stone dynamic. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll watch in the off season. I feel like there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. But guys, I do support. I, I really appreciate like you guys listening to the show. Uh, and we'll we'll be back not too long from now. We won't be too gone. We won't be gone for too long. But uh, 
we'll miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. And best believe we're going to use this off season to recharge our batteries and come up with new ideas mm-hmm. to keep this podcast fresh because that's what it's all about. We try to add a little bit of, at least a little bit of a wrinkle for each season. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. I mean, we already started our off season meetings already. So uh, yeah, we're, we're taking this, um, I guess, new, you know, extra time to, to come up with uh, new and exciting ways to present this podcast. And so um, if there's nothing else, Jeremy, dude, it's been a pleasure just uh, tag teaming this um, this podcast together. I mean, you are my tag team partner. I mean, we do like wrestling, so <laughs> we like the lingo. Uh, again, thank you to Andrea uh, for, again, running our social medias throughout this season. This was her first season uh, running uh, our social medias. Again, thank you to each one of our guests, uh, old and new for season four. Uh, we hope to see uh, basically everyone back uh, for season five if if schedules allow it. And on behalf of Jeremy, again, my tag team partner, we got to come up with a cool tag team name. I know. Other need, than the weekly, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we need a we need a tag team. Yeah, name. We need a team. And, and maybe maybe uh, what uh, like matching uniforms or yeah. something. <laughs> Shoot. Um, but yeah on behalf of my tag team partner Jeremy we'll see you next season for season 5 on the reel <laughs>